Hello and welcome to episode 205 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hi. How's it going? Yeah, good man. I've come to the realisation that we won't go to the cinema again anytime soon. You know, I've accepted it. I've moved on. <laughs> that and the fact that we don't have a screen movie to talk about this week. Um, which yeah, is that, that too. That too. <laughs> equally yeah. as uh, devastating. Yeah. But, but you know, uh, yeah. I, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep, you know, trying to get you to watch the Nightmare on Elm Street documentary <laughs> just so we can do that retrospective. Yeah, I know. I love that you don't even want me to watch the film. You're like, you just gotta see his documentary. Well, I feel like that will be the thing that gets you in, you see. I know you. Yeah, I that's know true. you'll see that documentary and then you'll be like, hmm, I don't know much about part four, but I can't just watch part four. <laughs> so you need to get me you need to tell me there's like a director's commentary and I'll be all in. Um but uh yeah, maybe maybe we'll get to that in the future. Who knows? Um, but this week we have some television to talk about, um, a show that we've talked about quite a lot last year because obviously um, the episodes aired weekly. Mm. Um, and we ended up talk- spending a good chunk of time, really, didn't we, talking about Twilight Zone last year. Um, and I guess we'll get into that sort of um, when we start a discussion of season two of the Twilight Zone, which um, dropped all at the same time this year, um, which is pretty different. Um, and we've now seen all 10 episodes. That's right. There's still 10 episodes. Indeed. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll talk about all that good stuff. Um, and we'll try bit. to remember them all. Yeah, because <laughs> we've been watching them over the last month or so. <laughs> um, but yeah, just some news this week. Not a huge amount once again, um, rather unsurprisingly. Um First up, uh, we had a very nice little teaser um, for something that we're both very excited about, um, which is Chucky, uh, which is, of course, the TV series, um, which, yeah, it was just a nice little teaser, kind of. I think the biggest news that came out of it that we didn't already know, um, and again, not being like based in the US, I'm not aware how big of a news story this is, um, but they kind of announced that it's not airing on one channel, it's airing on two. Um, yeah. which is unique. <laughs> I can't think it, it of too was, many other shows that do that. Yeah, it was unique for me. Like I don't I don't know whether this is a common practice in the States and the uh is it good news or bad news. Mm. But but yeah, it, it it was very odd. Like I mean it, they seem it, it to still be doesn't presenting help us at all. It. <laughs> no, yeah. It seemed to be presenting it as a as a real positive because that was the main focus of the trailer with the text on the screen where it was mm. like so good it can't just be put on one channel. Um and so yeah, it just seems already... like it just seems like they wanted a hundred quid and and two channels were like, well, we don't really give a shit about exclusivity. We're only giving you 50 quid. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the thing is, so it, we already knew that it was coming to sci-fi, um, yeah. but it's also coming to USA, which is a pretty, like, to my knowledge, it's a pretty big channel. Um, so I, that's obviously good news for the show that it's coming oh, yeah. to two different things. Um, and yeah, it was just nice to see it. Like, there obviously isn't too much in that, just some nice bit of font work and a bit of music. Yeah. Um, I'm just salty that, that people in the States have two options to watch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, actually, it's funny enough because didn't the exact same thing happen with? Um, it was like Nosferatu. Nos- wasn't Nosferatu it? was aired on one <laughs> channel and then instantly dropped when episode ten had kind of finished all of the seasons on another channel, didn't it? Yeah, well, and even this year, going into it, they announced that it was going to be, like, simulcast on BBC America. Yeah. And it was like, well, why is it on BBC America when we don't even get it on, like, regular BBC over here? It was so bizarre. Um uh... But yeah, we'll get we'll get to that good stuff in the future. Um, but yeah, Chucky cannot wait. Obviously, it's yeah, like I can't wait, at, man. At this point, it's it's so ridiculous because everything that we're excited for is just like twenty twenty one, I guess. Because because <laughs> it, it doesn't even mean anything anymore. It's just like definitely not this year. You may as well take it as. Um, 
but uh yeah it's another ridiculously exciting thing coming next year or this, this or one was something year. though that i never necessarily you know i didn't necessarily think it would be this year anyway mm. and just the yeah. fact that now it seems like it does exist and it's got proper legs you know and this deal and everything else it feels like more than just don being like i'm doing a tv show guys like <laughs> don't worry i've got this like don't get me wrong i believe in you don but like i'm glad you've actually got like some back in at this point yeah um, if anyone can make it happen they can because they've <laughs> persevered they've with the series yeah, for they've so made long. it work for a long long time but yeah mm. i'm excited and and as i continue down my ash versus evil dead rabbit hole like mm. i i cannot be anything but like crazy excited that i hope it kind of continues that path and continues that journey like mm. ash versus evil dead did 100% yeah as we discussed before like that is the blueprint to absolutely nail it and that is the bar that they need to achieve um so yeah we cannot wait to check it out obviously um definitely uh, next up, uh, once again, a delay, and it was interesting because I think we talked about this last week where this was almost like the sort of final domino to fall, really. It was like the only major horror movie um, with a 2020 release date that had been untouched, um, and we said that it wasn't going to come out, um, which was The Conjuring. Um, obviously, it was supposed to be coming out in September this year, but you know, up until last week, we still didn't have a trailer. We barely had... I think we had like one teaser image that wasn't even like an official poster. Um, you know, it was very, very limited, the amount of stuff that they were putting mm -hmm. out for this. And uh, yeah, rather unsurprisingly, it has been bumped all the way to June 2021. Um, so again, yeah, the first half of the year is getting very busy. This, yeah, it, I'm pumped for 2021, man. And it's mm -hmm. just like, it's weird kind of uh, what, what the rest of this year is going to be. Because obviously mm -hmm. with this one finally kind of confirming what we pretty much knew and the, the big one outside of horror is obviously tenant being delayed until mm. 2021 as well yeah. like it seems to me like nolan was forcefully wanting this movie to come out as soon as possible and has had to concede and the fact that like they've said even these crazy things like oh it might come out overseas first and it mm. might come out in like some U um, u.s territories depending on lockdown restrictions he he wants this movie to be seen by people and, and Nolan can't get it in front of people. Mm. So I'm like, if he can't get his film in front of people, no one can. Um, and, uh, you know, and also whether it's right, wrong or indifferent to, to pursue that as well, you know, with everything that's going on. So I, I just think like, it's clearly going to be a write off at this point. Like, mm -hmm. um, it, it, because do we have a revised date for uh, quiet place yet? Uh, it's still scheduled for like September. Yeah, because th that ain't happening. I love mm. the fact that New Mutants has an August date. Like yeah. th that just that just fills me with so much kind of like <laughs> just 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 pure laughter that, that, that mm. like that's clearly not going to happen. And and yeah, we, we just have to kind of see what we can get on demand and, and look for these other things right now and just bed in for the long one. Yeah, for sure. I think so. That there is one more news story, um, which is more horror focused, which we'll get to in a sec. But yeah, to chuck in the sort of tenant stuff and and kind of explain why it's important to us in case people um, need the context, like. It is something that's worth talking about because, of course, for our, our focus is cinema horror and it's an in, it, it's an extremely important movie for us, for the podcast, because like what you said, that that was the bit, first big sort of major studio release that everyone was looking at and being like, if Tenet comes out, we're back to some sort of normality. And, and, and it if it doesn't come out, then, it's, then we're not. Was, was clearly not wanting the movie to get significantly pushed. So yes. as soon as things were going to be open enough for the movie to get the distribution it needed, he wanted it to be out there and the fact that they've 
they they didn't delay it to the very last second. They then only delayed it for like three or four weeks, didn't they? Mm-hmm. And 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 now it's suddenly twenty twenty one. It was like everyone's just like we've tried and it just ain't happening. So they've delayed um, it indefinitely. They haven't set a new day. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, what Nolan was doing was before, like like you said, is they just kept delaying it a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks. This wasn't like you say with like a Fast and Furious where they're just like, boom, we put it back a year, not to worry about it. Whereas mm-hmm. Nolan was very headstrong. Like, I want this to be the, the first big major movie people see when they can go back to the cinema. And that is still the case right now. It's mm-hmm. delayed indefinitely. It doesn't have a date. Um, but this is the first time that they didn't put just a new date on it after a few weeks. This is the first time that they just haven't decided to put a date on on it um the last date was 12th of august so um and i think they delayed it a couple of days ago so it was yeah. kind of like around about less than three weeks prior to it coming out was when they pulled the plug and i think um, you know the stuff i see about what's going on in the states right now with with covid and everything there, there's certain places that are just getting absolutely you know mm. wrecked still by it and so you know it it, it just seems like it's going to be a, a long way until the, until all of you know the usa is going to be able to nationwide open cinemas is something that's going to be a very long way off it feels like a hundred percent and that's why this is such a fascinating issue because it's one of those things where it genuinely affects the world in a way mm-hmm. not just the actual covid but like the way like you say where if a covid is still a problem in certain territories and it might even be a case of it not being as much of an issue in other territories that will still affect them in terms of cinema um i guess piggybacking into that what i find really interesting is we talked about peninsula the last few weeks Mm. um so it's still scheduled to come out sometime in august in the us it it has come out in the last week um in five territories so it was in in home in korea taiwan uh, taiwan uh, vietnam malaysia and singapore um it was obviously number one in all of these places and mm. it made um it just under, yeah it made just under 21 million mm. um just in those five asian markets um which is apparently, um, according to Deadline, it's the biggest international box office since mid-March, um, which at that mm-hmm. point, the top five movies overall made $30 million. Um, yeah. So the fact that this one movie has come out in very small niche markets, um, and you know it's not China or anything like that, and obviously not the US, um, and has made very good money. Obviously, again, we're, not, we're talking about things in context here, um, because even if something like A Quiet Place came out and made $20 million, it would obviously not be a huge success um no but, but this is an important step because it shows that the international box office is starting to open up people are feeling comfortable to go to the cinema and piggybacking off what you said earlier there was um variety with the one that kind of posted the tenant release but they did say that there are talks and they are not against releasing tenant outside of the states first um mm. and getting those box offices if they need to um because I think with when it comes to China, they have opened um, cinemas again, and it's kind of it is very it's very hard oh, to keep um, up with it. Pirating is going to be a nightmare if they do something like that, though. Hundred percent, like some something like Tenet, which is so based upon the story, <laughs> so based upon keeping yeah. secrets. Yeah, it, I, it blows my mind that they would even consider yeah, that. It does for me because even if even if it's not piracy, just imagine mm. if like it opens in China. Like mm. spoilers are going to be everywhere. Like Definitely. it's going to be a nightmare. Like my only hope is, is that currently as things stand like it seems like our cinemas in the uk are reopening and Mm -hmm. there's a chance in the next month they will be open whether whether they actually have business to be open for with with movies that they can put on or whatever Mm. um is a whole different kettle of fish but they they will by the look of it be be open um 
so yeah, if if tenant does open in territories, th- th- there's a very good chance that it might be in the UK, and you know, Peninsula might even get a run here, you know, yeah. and and that sort of thing, which would be crazy. Yeah, that's it. This is why there's so many. This is the most important news story, of course, of the year for us. Um, you know, as it just pertains to the podcast, let alone all the other major proper real life implications it has. Um, mm. but of course, yeah, bringing it back to the UK cinemas, you're absolutely right in terms of what are they going to do? You know, we've discussed in the last few weeks how our local cinema is currently open for three days a week, um, yeah. showing just old movies. And so, yeah, they were clearly like thinking, like, oh, we'll do this for a month. We'll try and get back to the routines of the new, you know, social distance in and then once we have new movies people start to come again but of course if the movies don't come out what do they do do they do they close again do they furlough everyone again like it's it's going to be absolutely fascinating to see and i think that 2020 will be especially as film goers is going to be one of the most important years of all time and it really reminds me of when like digital became such a huge thing with music and the music industry just had to change forever mm-hmm. um and i really wonder if we're on the verge of that massive tipping point again with movies um yeah when lockdown first happened and how many movies are just sat there like mm. I keep seeing the stuff, you know, there's there's stuff that we just don't even care about, like Mulan and stuff. That was well, that's so the, close that's to the, out. That and... is the one now. With Tenant moved, yeah. Disney have kept to their release date of Mulan, um, and yeah. they're obviously they need to get that out in China to make and, that money. And it would just be, you know, they have Disney Plus. Do you mm. know what I mean? And it's just kind of like, you know, you look at some of the other things and and um, the movies that we know are in the can, and yeah, you just wonder if people are going to pull that trigger again. I did see another one that went on. Um, the premium downloads again not oh it, it was the new scooby-doo movie yeah scoob the was the one yeah yeah they, like they that, took that decision a few months yeah. back where it was going to be a cinema release and then yeah they decided to just yeah, go so digital. That's, that hit this week for the, for the premium digital mm-hmm. release so yeah you just wonder if there'll be many more we've seen kid movies I, I do it the most yeah, yeah. Which makes a hell of a lot more sense mm. because because there's a lot of kids at home right now that are driving parents insane. Exactly. So, and they're like, oh, what, $20 uh, for a 48-hour yeah, download? Yeah, I'll take that. I'll pay, I'll pay 20 quid for two hours of freedom right now. Yeah, like, that's, exactly. That's good. Like, I don't care whether that used to cost £8. I'll take it for 20 right now. <laughs> yeah, you take it for 50 <laughs> But yeah, that is the thing. And I think that's why something like... Uh, it, to me, this is weird because I think that there is... Obviously, all these studios need to adapt and they need to take um, into account everything, you know, and they need to make money, of course. Um, but I look at a lot of these releases and I think that it, it makes absolute sense... Um, bringing it back to horror, of course, with stuff like A Quiet Place because that needs to have that cinema release. But I look at stuff like run from lionsgate that was supposed to come out in may got pulled doesn't have a release date and antlers as well the other movie that we're excited for in april we were supposed to see that movie got delayed still doesn't have a release date and that is again like what you said a completed film that is just done and was that going to make you know 50 to 80 million at the box office i can't personally see it so i wonder if they could make more money on demand or selling it to netflix or something like there needs to be a happy medium i think is what i'm getting at i don't think it's a case of I don't think every movie should wait until this hypothetical 2021 because movies need to just well, no, and they're going to get cannibalized as well. Mm, completely. There's going to be such bangers that are coming out constantly and such blockbuster movies like yeah. 2020 is like 20, um, uh, sorry, 2019 was, was kind of mad with what we got with like Marvel and all, mm. all of these kind of banging Marvel movies, a load of banging horror movies and just loads of other things um, that snuck out. And like 2021 could easily be that um, even more so Mm. with with the level of movies that have been all delayed. And so if you've got a mid tier movie and even even something like A Quiet Place, you know, it's difficult not to get lost in the void. And 
if you could get some premium downloads now and then also just whack it out in the cinemas when they first reopen, be mm. one of those first films and get that double dip, um, you know, I think it's going to be worth the gamble for people. But I, I mean, I've been saying this for months, but <laughs> yeah. fingers crossed it will start. I, I just feel like the tipping point. Yeah. If we don't if we don't get to October, like September, October and films aren't in cinemas, they're going to have to start putting some stuff out. Yeah, I completely agree. Like you say, I think I I get it from a business standpoint. I think a lot more than what uh, the fans kind of want to accept. In terms of you see it a lot when these movies get delayed, like The Conjuring, for example, and mm. loads of people saying just put it on demand, blah blah blah. And it's such a simple thing to say without really mm. thinking about the logistics of it. Where ultimately that movie doesn't get made if they never thought in a million years it was going to be released in a cinema. Like that is just a cold hard reality, and that's with all of these movies. Yeah, you don't get that cast there. and that level. No. Of- production for something that they're going to sell to netflix or mm. shutter 100 you know <laughs> invisible man doesn't yeah. get made to go on the premium download thing um, like for as much but, as we love know. these these digital services like you say there are certain movies that just don't do not get greenlit without that potential cinema mm. revenue there, there is a ceiling to how much you can make on these digital services but yeah in, in times like this man there are so many movies that are just done that but need to ceiling, make money the season could easily be raised on that as well and i think if if they kind of make it um better and, and and i just think getting that price point right i think that price point may be a little bit too high Mm. I think it needs to be less premium and, and look at that. You know, if that was kind of, you take 20, 25% off that price, I think yeah. kind of that gets a lot more people into it and get a lot more people looking at that sort of thing. Cause I look at the, um, I'm just looking at movies to download because I want to see new stuff, not necessarily horror. And like mm. the new stuff that comes out, it's double for these premium ones. And yeah. like double is a lot, man. Like when you mm. look, when you're just looking at them and you're thinking, well, I expect, you know, if I, Quiet Place is on there, I don't give a damn what that number is. Do you know what I mean? But like, if mm. I'm looking at two movies that I'm kind of interested in, I'll pick the one I'm less interested in if it's half as much. Yeah. You know, so I think they have to look at that. But we'll see, man. It's interesting. Yeah, well, obviously, when this first started, there was like Invisible Man and the Hunt, wasn't it? Where they mm. had that thing when we did get it in this country similarly, didn't we? Where it was, yeah. was it? It was 20 pounds, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, 20 pounds. Hours down, it's like, effectively uh, double. Yeah. Which yeah, that, and you said like stuff like you'd watch Joker for like four pound, and, and you know, like and it's like, yeah, like yeah, it's ridiculous, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's just like it, it, yeah, there definitely needs to be a point. And obviously, with those two movies, it was different for us because we had already seen them in the cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we had plenty of people reached out to us being like, man, Invisible Man looks awesome, but like twenty quid to just not to to watch it once in a weekend and then never have it again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think stuff like Blu-ray sales is something that is so under relate uh, under you know appreciated, and that needs to be taken in consideration of what yeah. is something like a quiet place was just like yep it's a 20 pound blu-ray only and that's how you watch it you know rather than digital stuff i think that companies would never do that because like you kind of have to put a digital you know out at the same time as blu-ray and then you kind of immediately open yourself up to piracy the second you put it up digital um so it's it's very like say it's a very difficult uh question to answer um but I find it fascinating, um, especially, like you say, for us with the cinema horror stuff, because we were kind of counting on. Obviously, we've taken a, a break, like I think about a six or seven week break since we last talked about a new horror film. Um, <laughs> and we'll, we'll talk about it at the end of the show in depth more. But we will be talking about new horror films from next week. Um, oh, this yeah, is our last will. week. That's not 
like a new horror film um and we'll discuss that more in depth at the end of the show but yeah obviously we we just we took the decision to be like yeah we're going to talk about scream and obviously this week we're going to talk about tv because then that would put us a month or six weeks closer to cinema um and obviously that's just not the case right now where there just there is no date to get closer to because we just don't know what that date is um but yeah, th- this whole stuff, man, it's fascinating. Um, it's interesting. Hopefully it'll have a, a happy ending for all of the fans to get to see these movies. Um, but uh, yeah, some interesting news this week. Um, should we talk about this week's TV show? Let's do it. Let's talk about The Twilight Zone. So, yeah, I guess obviously starting with um, last year's Twilight Zone, just very briefly. Um, obviously, we're going to go in depth on season two today. Um, but yeah, we talked about it quite a bit last year um, mm. on a week to week basis. And um, I guess, yeah, I'll start with my overall thoughts of like, I was super disappointed with season one. I was so excited for the Twilight Zone to come back. And we talked a lot about how it's still this reference that gets used all the time. And it felt so relevant in you know 2019 when they brought it back um it felt like the perfect time to do it kind of black mirrored already already kind of i guess stolen a lot of that energy and adapted it to like oh it's twilight zone but with a focus more on technology um and being able to just open that back up to it's twilight zone because it's twilight zone and it can Yeah. yeah it can be about anything um and it kind of obviously with Jordan's involvement immediately off the bat was like, oh, this is he's the perfect guy. You know, he's the new face of horror um, and he is this kind of exceptional host. And even just talking about season one, um, that was the standout by far of kind of like his intros and outros of the episodes. Um but yeah, just a brief thought on the season was like, God, it was so disappointing. And even looking back on the episodes now, it was really, really disappointing. Like, really <laughs> disappointing. Like, I, I think there was maybe two, maybe three episodes that I would say were good. And I think a vast majority were like completely forgettable or just outright terrible in some cases. Um, and that should not be the case for something like Twilight Zone. Um, yeah, what, what were your thoughts, I guess, on, on last season? Yeah, I think it was the the problem I found is any the, the first few episodes anything that was remotely interesting got completely diminished by the final third mm. where it 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 became message over content and they yeah. were just trying to ham fist these kind of you know not hidden messages just overt messages in your face and kind of you know the 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 subtle undertones that you should have were just there and prevalent at the top and Mm. and just lost the the uh, the enjoyment factor Mm. and after kind of two or three episodes of it i think it was like episode three or four that was just the most egregious where it was almost quite an interesting one it was a character that was like stuck in a time loop i think yeah that was the third one yeah wasn't it and um yeah the first half of that episode so good oh (laughs) amazing and then and and it, it really really good and then the second half had just become this just over the top you know message over the content and and it was really frustrating and that that was kind of like my whole thoughts on the season and then suddenly we got to weaker episodes mm. and 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 it just yeah it it was it was a disappointment and it wasn't fantastic but there were still glimmers of what it could be and kind of with jordan there and like his kind of yeah, yeah, his stuff at the start and the fact that, like, every episode is a clean slate. Mm. But the problem was, was by the time you got to episode seven of season one, you you were, it was it was a clean slate, but you were getting bad will. 
you know, I went into episode one, two, and three buzzing and excited. I went into four, five, and six kind of a bit fatigued and frustrated. And by by like you know eight, nine, ten, or whatever, I was just kind of oh, just let this season be over. Whereas kind of like it felt like season two, it's a clean slate again. Like it's going to be a brand new story. It's ten new stories, and and let's give it a punt. And so I, I kind of. You know, I, I was going into season two somewhat optimistic, but yeah, mm. definitely cautious after season two. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I, I felt like it was they had to deliver. Like after season mm. one, it was a case of like, wow, you you guys were really lucky to get season two because this mm. could have just been a thing that yeah. fell off, didn't work. Listen, there's clearly talented people involved, but something went wrong and this just did not work. And so it they could have not got a season two. And so I think when that was announcement was made, we were like, you know good because i don't want to see twilight zone just die after one season even though the season was not good um yeah and then, yeah kind of once they announced that obviously like jordan was obviously writing an episode this time was obviously exciting and, and that yeah. was something that we'd massively talked about um on the show mm-hmm. you know having this guy be the face of the twilight zone to then have the level of writing be so poor and again he's obviously he didn't write anything in season one um but to have his name and face on this thing up front and then to have have something that is so terribly written, it Mm. felt off to us. And it just felt like he needs to be careful as someone who has wrote two incredible movies. Um, He needs to be careful putting his name to something like this because it will start to tarnish his brand. And and again, like you say, he didn't write it, um, but he is putting his name and face. He's associated to it though. You know, it becomes a whole Eli Roth presents thing yeah and he was the one he was the one very much like yeah, going he, he, Candyman. Yeah. like he wanted this thing to come back you know yeah. and, and it only came back because of the power of him and his production company um but yeah i guess season two like you say clean slate um mm-hmm. i i was i guess uh, the, the thing going in i would say is that um i was shocked it was 10 episodes again um yeah. because i felt like they really pulled themselves like you know thin in the first series um and also the fact that the my main worry because after season one you know the the kind of the social messaging being up front over good storytelling was a was a problem yeah the, the other major problem was just pacing was 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 atrocious um again we talk about it a lot and, and getting that right i think is a key to so many elements i think it just ties it ties so many different films and tv shows together if, you've, if, you if you're making off. anthology as well you've really <clears throat> got to just set that storefront out yeah. You know, um, we look at um, oh god, what is it? Scare package. You yeah. Know? And and the, the first segment was an absolute banger. Like I was not that into into that movie when when we were going to go into watching it. I was like, okay, an anthology movie. I'm down. Whatever. But I weren't. Mm. I had no buzz behind it. I watched that first segment, and I was absolutely buzzing. I could not wait to get into more. You know, you look at VHS back in the day, and and you know something like this. You, you need to start the first few episodes. That's what Black Mirror does so well even when it was a longer season, you know, get, you know, hit you with a punch early on. And that's what, mm. you know, that's what these things need to do. Yeah, for sure. And I think, yeah, um, it just, they needed to sort out that pacing because they were, there were so yeah. many that were like 50 minutes that felt like they should have been 20 minutes. And that is a problem with a lot of these anthology shows. Um, so yeah, that was definitely something they need to figure out, but yeah, season two has arrived. Um, yeah. And like we say, obviously that was different. They kind of dropped them all at once, um, which was an interesting take for something like Twilight Zone. Cause like you say, it's 10 episodes, 10 different casts, 10 different stories. It's a lot to take in and it's why we didn't consume it ridiculously fast. Obviously this came out a month ago. So we've been watching them over the last, month um, yeah and i wonder like what do you think about that like do you, do you think, think that works with twilight zone or not i don't personally think it works i think mm. we we like 
TV shows dropping in one go, and for yeah. like the Stranger Things, it's perfect. Binge it over a weekend. Yeah. Nosferatu, if that dropped constantly, I'd be buzzing just to watch them all. Definitely. You know, that's why we're letting them rack up a bit. Mm. But like Twilight Zone, it's its own completely self-contained story. It's what I said to you about Black Mirror when it dropped. That mm. I'm happy letting it be a, a month-long thing and having this event every time an episode comes out because you talk about the episode. For me, it's all about having that kind of. <laughs> obviously this doesn't exist right now but this kind of water cooler you know gathering around at work having a chat about you know what has dropped and what movies just happened and, and tv shows was doing that when it dropped all at once mm. you you could have that conversation everyone been stranger things straight away the next week you have that conversation with friends about it but yeah. twilight zone can be that episodic so it doesn't need to drop all at once because yeah, having watched as many episodes as I have in quick succession, I'm having to constantly remind myself of the episodes, even episodes that I enjoyed. Yeah, because because there's just there's ten of them. <laughs> you know, that's a lot of you know that's ten mini movies that we've just seen. Yeah, it's very odd. I completely agree with you. Where I much preferred it last year, where it was just one every week. Um, mm. And I think that yeah, it, it's weird to think that Black Mirror has always done it that way because, um, or obviously with Netflix. Um, mm. I guess it's just because that's the Netflix model. Um, but like yeah. they're in a place where they could easily just put one out every sort of four to eight months, um, and that would be great. But I do think that yeah, with Twilight Zone, it is weird to be like right his. 10 episodes that are fairly lengthy they're what between about 35 to 50 minutes each episode yeah. um and that is a lot of content of course um and so yeah i agree with you that um something like yeah definitely stranger things and yeah nosferatu was was interesting because they went the different case of i i watched season one in a weekend because they dropped it all in america um and then there this year it is just a weekly thing and so that is why i haven't started it yet because i'm like man that's a story that i want to just consume a lot of at one time Mm. um and i always have the exact same thing with american horror story every year i'm like i need to watch at least five or six of these sort of in a row yeah definitely Um, it would be fun to see an american horror story drop in one go definitely 100 percent. yeah um but yeah i think like going into i guess like should we go into our overall thoughts on the season then we might break down some episodes but yeah kind of for me um the season started extremely strong um uh when we go into the episodes but i really enjoyed episode one Mm. um i really thought it was a great place to start you had a great lead actor um i can't think of the guy's name and i've seen him like jimmy simpson yeah and he's kind of he's always he's always kind of in a lot of different things and you recognize his face and he he was just fantastic and i thought it was a you know just a really captivating charming episode that that fully locked me in to the point that i i started the next episode straight away Mm. um because i knew that was jordan's and kind (laughs) of yeah like the first the first kind of two or three were were fantastic um and overall when i kind of get through the season there's there's more that i quite like than dislike i'd say there's probably two that i didn't really care for at all Mm. and then maybe you know one or two that were just kind of like okay and then the rest of them i've i pretty much enjoyed to various levels yeah and i think kind of so overall it's it's a strong season and so when you know whenever you're talking anthology um you've got to put a bit in there for everyone and and so you know they and and give people enough wins more wins than losses and they've definitely done that and so this is a much stronger season overall Mm. um i think um i do think that the last episode was it was a miss for me it really just i just didn't care for it and and so it it did really end on kind of like a a a, um lower note Mm. um 
but but yeah, overall, still, I, I kind of think the the episode nine would have been a better way to end it than episode ten. But again, yeah. like I'm I'm nitpicking about order, but I do think <laughs> it is important. And because yeah, when episode ten did finish, I was like, oh okay. <laughs> but um, but yeah, overall, I thought it was a great season, and and yeah, I think it kind of lives up to what I kind of wanted. Um season one to be i feel like this is a good step in block to to improve again would be fantastic because mm -hmm. th this elevates it to something that um can start to rival black mirror and and doesn't get to those heights yet but but i can see the potential even more mm. yeah i mean f for me i'm i'm blown away by the by the difference in quality between season one and season mm. two like i i can't remember the last time i watched a show that that changed this much in quality in a season in a good way because yeah, I'm I'm genuinely blown away by how much better this is. I think mm. that I agree with you. There are a couple that don't that don't add up. Um, but the fact that yeah, the ratio is. I think I thoroughly enjoyed seven, maybe eight of these ten episodes. Yeah. And yeah, coming off of season one where it was like, man, two were good, I guess you know. And I think two were that, good, but the meaning got in the way. Like there was yeah. only one episode where the meaning got in the way. I feel. Mm, like, yeah, I completely agree. Um, I, I was going to say that as well. Like that was a major issue, like what we discussed before of mm. social message over good storytelling. And I agree mm. with you. There was only one episode where, at least for me personally, I felt that. Mm. Um, and I think pacing as well. Like there, there really wasn't an episode. I don't think that ran too long. Um, and that no. kind of way where I was like, man, I was so worried that these episodes would just be like, here's a twenty minute story that's just you know stretched out like the, the, the mm. like the last season. Whereas I actually felt like. Like more often than not, um, even the ones I actually very much enjoyed, I wanted more. I could have. There's a there's at least three or four episodes where I could have taken another My, twenty. Most of them I wanted more. There there was one episode that felt stretched out, and that was it. And the rest, yeah. the rest I thought were fantastic. You know, fantastically paced. Yeah, like so. Uh, I think comparing it to season one, I am shell-shocked yeah. quite honestly like i genuinely didn't think i would like it as much as i did and i wondered mm -hmm. if it was a case of you know I, I always wanted to like twilight zone and definitely made excuses for it in my own head of kind of like oh man you know this went wrong and this went wrong in season one but they'll really knock it out of the park with season two and then the fact that they actually I honestly think they've done it and they nailed it. And this is just so much better than I expected. I think that I really hope it doesn't go under the radar because I worry with the whole, you know, mm. are they, it feels like, oh, we just chucked 10 episodes out and then like, we'll just see because I haven't heard anything much about this in the last month. Um, no, it it's not got buzz. Yeah, it was pretty weird in terms of reviews. Um, not that this has a huge impact, but they only put out three episodes like a week early to then like right. that, that's kind of what the reviews were, were pulled from, like the Metacritic and all that stuff. Like it's weird because you look at the Metacritic for season two and it is the whole season, but it is actually only three episodes. Mm -hmm. um, and so yeah, I think that's interesting. Um, and so yeah i think going forward like i really hope this is something that isn't forgotten um yeah because yeah th this was what i wanted this is to me you know talking about black mirror because you have to bring that up i think of course black mirror at its best is like one of the best shows ever made in my opinion and so i think that of course it isn't that but i think if you compare it to the likes of the last season of of um, black mirror which was the three episodes i definitely liked a lot more in this season than i did in the last season of black mirror for sure um oh yeah yeah exactly three that i thought were way better than that and so, so the fact that they've already made episodes that are, mm -hmm. that are like on par with current black mirror i think is fantastic and that is yeah. 
like I say, only a positive going forward. It makes me really excited. And, and this is now a show that I really hope and pray that they keep it going. Um, yeah, and I, I just think the way that it's all set up, I think with the music, I get nostalgia mm. for that music, even though I've not watched Twilight Zone. Obviously, yeah. Jordan um, doing it and, and giving you that kind of um, continuity throughout. Um I think it's hilarious. I'd love to see when Jordan rocks up for one day and they just <laughs> like put in different scenes behind him and he just quickly says one line and then they have to prep the next scene. He like walks to the next room like it's but but yeah, it it, it works and it, it's it's great. Um, I mean, do you want to go into like brief parts of the episodes and which ones we liked and which ones we didn't? Yeah, we can do. I just want to say a brief note on, on Jordan's role because um, I completely agree with you where he he sells this, where even though the episodes are great, this series, there's something about that intro and that outro that just elevates it. And when it's good, he makes it even better. And I think yeah. that um, it is weird that sometimes he is obviously green screened in and it looks like a little bit hokey. Um, and that does take me out of it. But I love when he's like physically interacting with something like say when he's actually sitting at a table or he's actually touching like something that was in the episode that really yeah. adds that it element just gives to me it. a little grin like you know characters i think it's like the first um first episode the the uh the guy's on a date and then they just kind of like pan through the tables in the restaurant <laughs> and jordan's just sat there yeah. like <laughs> sipping a glass of wine and just like you are now about to enter the Twilight Zone. Yeah, I always like, want to play the yeah, game Jordan. of, like, where's yeah. Jordan going to pop up? Like, yeah, yeah, is he going to be a fan at this event, or right. is he going to be sitting he at a is, table? Like... He'll pop up 90 seconds into the episode, or 10 minutes. He yeah. don't care. No. He don't care. <laughs> like, the intro of this, this, you know, this show could be 10 minutes into a 40-minute episode, Yeah, um, which is hilarious. But yeah, I think, I think the other thing, he, he makes it look so easy because like we forget that obviously he's so talented as a writer and director now, but he was an actor primarily for so long and obviously he still does occasionally, but I think he's yeah. obviously transitioned behind the camera now. And so, yeah, the fact that he just rattled off, off these monologues in his sleep, it makes it look so easy. And yeah, like you say, the look, the smile to the camera, like the almost, you know, the wink and the nudge, like, yes, this is the Twilight Zone. It's back. It's actually mm -hmm. good now. <laughs> like, I just love all of that stuff. It really, it really elevates it for me. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, what do you, what, do you want to go in order? Or do you just want to pick out some highlights? Um, well, I can briefly run through kind of, yeah, episode one, um, mm. the, the kind of bachelor that's on a date and, and in he the starts middle, it. yeah, he, yeah, in the middle and he, he meet in the middle and he's kind of on this date and kind of hears a voice in his head of this lady and kind of develops this relationship with the voice in his head. Mm. Um, I, I love this episode. I don't, I, it might be my favorite. Really? Um, yeah, I just absolutely loved it. And I think it was because I think the biggest thing was, um, with it was I just was going in with all this trepidation from season one. And like 10 minutes in, I just loved it. I loved the dialogue. I loved that kind of this, the, the trickery with who this character is, this voice in his head. I loved all the scenes when he's in a coffee shop and like on these fake dates with her and just everything about it. Like, I'm not going to go into each episode as much, but I thought... Mm. So much of it was um, so well done and leading right to the finale that gave me um, a, a, a real satisfying payoff. And yeah, I just thought it was like an all round stellar episode. And yeah, to start the season that way when season one was so kind of troubled, um, yeah, it blew me away. I don't know whether I potentially enjoy some of their episodes more, but like none blew me away as much as this because I just wasn't kind of ready for it. And so yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. 
yeah i think that's a good point that kind of like it sets the tone perfectly where mm. it's like oh no th this stuff is actually good now and um for, for me i really enjoyed this episode it ended up being um around sort of the middle to upper half of my list um so it wasn't right at the top i still very much enjoyed it and i think that it's because we've seen a lot of these ones where it is like one character just driving it but obviously you discuss the actor jimmy simpson and i think that that is one of those roles where like he just has to he carries it so well and he has to because it's all about him and he's reacting to the you know we talk a lot about when characters have to react to like a phone call or stuff like that oh my god and, when he's like yeah. in a cafe like having a fake yeah. day laughing and flirting with a voice in his head i, I just thought it's fantastic <laughs> yeah well he sells it because like i genuinely believe it he's got that look in his eye and the smile where he you can see this person who is starting to fall for someone who's mm. literally not there and that is really hard to pull off mm. um and the fact that he does make it believable and and yeah i really liked where it went I, there was some like actual tension in this episode which i really yeah. enjoyed um i would say that i i did see the ending coming so maybe that took it away from me a little bit um but i still really enjoyed it i thought it was a fantastic mm. episode to kick off the season um and yeah, yeah. Kind of, i guess it's what jordan's episode next yeah like see i re definitely want to talk about episode two because obviously we, we discussed that we knew going in that jordan had only wrote one episode um and he obviously wasn't directing anything and so i think that yeah the fact that his episode was two caught me off guard because i you know yeah. i expected it to be like one or one ten or basically ten. Yeah. <laughs> and so just to chuck it in there number two i was like okay and uh, to me i think this episode is totally average I, again i do not hate it um but i absolutely don't love it it's very much in the middle lower for me of the episodes and yeah. i think that is that is a disappointment because of who wrote it and i think going in this was the one i was most excited for and i think this to me was the only one that felt like a poor imitation of a black mirror episode i think it delved in a lot of different um themes and activities that black mirror has done very well um you know people kind of living in these fake worlds and all that sort of stuff we, we've seen that time and time again with black mirror and they've nailed it most often than not um and i think that if you compare this to those episodes of black mirror that dealt that delve with those very same themes this would be like the worst one if you put them all together it, it definitely um, it definitely does and i think that's because you don't have any stakes in it we, we no. get introduced to this um uh woman that's just been promoted to hotel manager and then like everyone around her freezes and it's about her kind of figuring out what world she's in and what part mm -hmm. she is within it and i just kind of think that we it happens so fast that we're just not invested in her and i'm not really invested in her journey and and yeah it just it was good but i just felt like by the time it ended i was like okay when the episode started and everything froze i was interested as to what was happening mm -hmm. when when we found out what was happening i thought i've seen this before now yeah. you've got to do something jordan clever and he doesn't do anything super clever yeah i think it was just a, a choice on morality in the end and kind of you know it was it was interesting i enjoyed the little nod at the end with the wife character and everything but mm. but yeah and and I don't want to give Jordan a pass because he didn't direct it as well, but you do wonder if like, you know, it could have been different because I feel like there were a lot of seeds there, but, but yeah, ultimately what we saw is what his written vision was and, and what was put to screen for us. And it wasn't quite the level I wanted it to be. Yeah, the, well, the not even quite. It was, it was way off the level I wanted it to be. Yeah, like like you say, it's not. Yeah, I don't hate it. It's not one of the worst. Right. But the fact that he's involved with it, and I, what I will say is, I do think it's one of a couple of episodes that feel very undercooked in terms of the writing. And so that's mm. my biggest surprise is that, like, my God, like he he felt like he kind of it felt like someone who's seen a lot of Black Mirror and they did their take on it and didn't it really add like anything. Someone new that to watched it. season one of Twilight Zone and thought I could I could pull out an episode of this and it'd be it'd be better than half a season one. Well, I was going to say it, it definitely it was. was yeah. Than most of season one. <laughs> 
just, no, it, it absolutely yeah, was. It wasn't as good as episode one of, of this season. So that was yeah. the problem. And it's also not um, as good as many other episodes in this series. Yeah. And, and yeah, I think the the third episode I really enjoyed as well, oh, uh, awesome. which was the, the Who Have You, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically like this struggling actor that, that robs a bank. And as things start to go wrong, he somehow creates the ability to, whoever he locks eyes with, he takes over their body. So his yeah. conscious goes within their body. And uh, if you're still with me, then <laughs> listening to this and you haven't seen the episode, fair play. Um, but yeah, I thought it was done fantastically well and was just super enjoyable. And yeah, right right through to the, the finale and kind of as the character... He, he doesn't realize what the ability is to begin with. And then as he starts to abuse the ability and, and how they kind of, he would jump backwards and forwards with characters. And so like have the interaction with the police and find out where his body is because mm-hmm. the whole, the whole point, whoever he, whoever he is transitioning to, they take their subconscious is within his body. And so they're in a police station because they've just robbed the bank. And yeah, that whole dynamic. I, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed this whole episode. I, I, it was it was yeah right up there with my favorites i i completely adore this episode um it was by far my favorite and like even when i watched it in episode three i was like this is gonna take some beat in and yeah nothing beat it i loved everything about this i think i really just enjoy the shapeshifter stuff uh, stuff in general when it's yeah. done right um all the actors in this were so good and made you so like believe that they were being you know body swapped as it were um and i think this to me was the first time um you know th- the 13th episode of this new revival where it felt like this is the twilight zone for me um because i you know for as much as like one is really good and two was okay um and obviously two felt very black mirror one could also feel a little bit black mirror you know you could have like you know someone's memories put in their head and they're reliving them like we've seen stuff that skirts a little bit close to what me in the middle was going for maybe maybe um, yeah i think i sure. think it's like both one and three though is this embodiment of twilight zone where it is mm-hmm. just like that concept that i've just said to you there's no rationale as to why no. that voice popped into um, that that guy's head in episode one. There's no mm-hmm. reason why he can suddenly become a shapeshifter. Yeah. It's just that we're now in the twilight zone, and this is the rules of this episode. And what this what this episode does fantastically well is it sets the rules, and you know what the rules are straight away. Five minutes mm. into this, crazy shit is happening, but you are fully on board, and that's what you know um life changer did so fantastically well and Mm. and that's what this episode did in less time because it it had to get going straight away and so yeah i think it's yeah fantastic yeah it's so good and like you say it it sets that rule up for me of like that's what twilight zone is going to be going forward of it's it's twilight zone should be this one messed up unexplainable thing happens to one person and Mm. has their kind of take on it and that obviously isn't always the case and it it wasn't with uh last series and they kind of go away from that because obviously it does affect multiple characters and other ones but that was kind of what i liked about these first three of like Mm. okay these are always going to be like a solo story it's going to be this one person's adventure discovering why these messed up things are happening and that to me is more like the twilight zone where it's almost like am i going crazy or or have i just stepped into another dimension sort of thing um and so yeah like again after the first three i was like my god they are really really doing well they are are fire you know they are three for three and two of them were stellar and then yeah yeah, 
episode four was one of the biggest disappointments for me. I think mm. it, I think the reason why it was one, because it wasn't necessarily terrible, mm. but it became season one again, where a few minutes in, I was, I was completely like, okay, I know what your message is for this episode. And I know how this episode is going to end 100%. Mm. And, and it just played out 100% by the numbers and kind of is, is all centered around kind of the fame, fame and kind of the, the pitfalls and downfalls of fame and how it affects people. And, you know, again, like what we said about season one, we're not discrediting the message. It's just that we want the content behind it. And yeah, this episode just, just wasn't fantastic for me. It wasn't, it it, it wasn't terrible, but Mm. just compared to the other three, it's, it was a massive drop off. Yeah. Same here. Like this ended up being quite low on my list, like not right at the bottom, but definitely Mm. around there. And I think Mm. that um, for me, it was mainly because I agree with you. It felt so by the numbers from the second it started. It was like, I knew every single story beat before it happened. And especially towards the end, there is a reveal in this episode that is supposed to be, I guess, like a twist reveal, but I I was just going along. Yeah. Like because of how they shoot it and how they kind of, it is like without giving it away, but it's kind of like you're seeing a character's feet and then they're going up and it's like their head turns it's supposed to be like dun 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 can you believe it's this character and i'm watching it going well surely i was supposed to assume that that's who it was right because that's really obvious and so i don't know if if the episode was just trying to be too clever or what but yeah it ended up being a little bit too silly for me um i still enjoyed parts of it for sure and i think that if they had just stripped it back and let maybe the characters breathe a little bit more and instead of just having this kind of like overt message yeah i agree with you like it, it just I don't know. I wanted a little bit more there because, mm. and again, this very much felt like when I was watching it, I was like, "Man, this is like again this Black Mirror um, with 15 million merits." They kind of had the exact same message, but they just done it in a much, much better way. Like what five or, or way more years ago mm. now, and it's yeah. like, well, Twilight Zone shouldn't be at a point where it's still mimicking what Black Mirror did almost a decade ago and still not getting to that level. Um, so yeah, like yeah, yeah, this was definitely a misfire for me. Yeah. And then I guess, yeah, episode five, I I was uh, among the untrodden, it's mm. called. And it's it's centered around this awkward teenage girl that's kind of joins this boarding school um, and kind of has no friends and starts to be bullied and kind of starts to develop this relationship with the popular girl um, over the fact that she thinks she she makes the popular girl kind of do this psychic test and then figure out she has these psychic abilities and it's super weird and kind of the whole episode i was trying to figure out who was tricking who and like um uh you know what what the payoff was going to be and then and then it just kind of like it felt long to me there's a lot that goes on but a lot of it i just didn't care about and yet ultimately i just didn't didn't super enjoy this episode yeah, see, I, I did like this one. I would have this in the top half. Um, certainly not my favorite, but one of the better ones. And I think that I was in it for the most part. I, I really liked the way it looked. I thought that it had a really nice look to it. And it felt, I think overall, and, and there's a couple more episodes I want to point out with that, but like overall, the look of this series looked a lot better. Mm. I think in terms of direction, this was a lot better than, than the last series. Um, and this, along with another episode I want to talk about, to me really stood out in terms of like, this has a cinematic feel to it that looks more than just a TV show. Um, I, think, um, I think the thing is as well, it shows how strong this season is because mm. this episode is better than, pretty much anything in season one it's just not high up on my list of season two and i think it's interesting that we both enjoyed this season quite a bit Mm. we both liked more than we didn't like but we have we have seemingly quite a different ranking of it and it just shows that they did exactly what you need to do if you're going to do 10 anthology way out their stories 
you need to hit with individuals more often than you miss and mm. you will get hits with different episodes and yeah this episode was not bad it just didn't hit with me yeah for sure but yeah I, I really liked what they were going for i thought i i I wasn't expecting kind of like a young teen um story involving almost like these psychic and witchcraft abilities like that just felt like something that i didn't think the twilight zone would go towards mm. and so the fact that this was a story we got i was like wow this feels really unique and different and kind of like um you know w- when you have like a an episode of black mirror or even that episode of stranger things where like 11 goes off and has her own like a little adventure like i like when these sh- um series do something that's just like a bit outside the box that you're not expecting and i think for oh, that you're reason, one of the people that likes that episode yeah i love um, it um so uh, but yeah like so to me even though this isn't my favorite because other episodes nailed what i really want from proper twilight zone and obviously with comparing it to stranger things obviously stranger things nails the thing that it should nail which is most episodes whereas obviously twilight zone is much further behind that because they still need to nail what they're they kind of need to nail what their brand is first before they go outside the box. So this is one that would almost be in like a season three or season four. Um, but I, yeah, I still really enjoyed it. I just think that the, again, the final twist to me felt so painfully obvious with the stuff that had set up that yeah, it, I think it didn't, it why. didn't emotionally resonate with me where I think that that's what they wanted you to feel. They wanted you to have this real gut punch, a gut punch, like heartbreaking ending. And that will hit for a lot of people. It just didn't hit for me. Cause I, I saw it coming in from the yeah, first. I think act, that's why but... it, that's it. That bit didn't, hit for me but the rest Mm. of it like from start to finish i was watching it and i was engaged which was Mm. not the case for every episode of this season you know so it still did its job there um yeah yeah, episode six which is called eight yeah um just to confuse us um, (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah is a group of scientists in the antarctica who are studying kind of they're they're searching for a new type of animal or or is it clear that because they they find an octopus Right. yeah that's what they find they find an octopus um i think they're pretty much they're, they are looking for an octopus they're basically yeah. exploring the deep ocean trying to find new species of octopus and they're these you know to research and and see what what the hell these crazy animals can do and yeah it, it was a, it was a banging episode it was just the monster of the week episode that i wanted mm. um because in my mind i'm thinking like twilight zone can be for me what i kind of like want x-files to be for so long where it can just be this really fun episode where it does crazy things you can have werewolves one week you can have killer octopus the next you can have some black mirror stuff the following week do you know what i mean the emotional episodes or whatever and like all Mm -hmm. these different beats and this was just a yeah it was a super fun monster of the week episode i love the octopus and the way it kind of looked and the way that that things go down and and the overall payoff at the end was just super out there and over the top and and I, i i enjoyed it yeah like for me i absolutely love this episode and i think that it would have been my number one with a bullet hands down um my only criticism is that i felt like it it was half a story or even the first act of a movie and i have to obviously criticize it for that because yeah my biggest takeaway is i desperately need more of the story i i loved everything that happened it was going at such a pace where i was like whoa whoa, whoa, you're just rushing through all this stuff and then before i knew it it was over and i was like i need more i need more of this and it felt almost like i was watching yeah the like this to me felt like a movie in every sense like i'm talking about the way it looked Mm. this looked incredibly cinematic but i think by far the best looking episode out of the two series um you know like we could watch this on a big screen and it would not look out of place and it looked fantastic it, it felt like to me it felt like right you know almost like when you get an early screening of a movie like mm. you're gonna sit down you're gonna watch the first act of this movie and then it's out in three months so you just have to wait what um about, what about if the octopus became giant and they got jason statham involved 
<laughs> well, I mean, if they want to turn it terrible, um, but uh, <laughs> no, like, like I say, genuinely, like they, I, this to me was up there in terms of if you if you talk about just the first act of the movie, this would be up there with any movie I've seen this year. That like that was genuinely how awesome this was, and I was so invested and I was so ready for the ride. I thought the yeah. way the it, it goes down were... so quick after that, oh, like not, yeah. not go down in quality. I mean, just just like it, it is so speedy. Like mm. yeah, well, you just needed more more of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy that the main issue we had with pacing last year was that all these episodes felt way too long <laughs> and now we're already... to end. <laughs> yeah and, and now there's like there's episodes like this where i'm like you've teased me and i'm actually angry at you because i wanted another hour of this and that's not even exaggerating it was that good and so ultimately i have um the who of you uh episode three is my number one because that felt like a complete story and that was like that was the exact length it needed to be but in mm. terms of like overall quality this this was by far my favorite it was just like man i need more of this and i need i need eight part two in season three desperately mm. <laughs> um but yeah like i i could easily sit down and watch this again and i just wish that yeah i just wish there was more of this this is so awesome for people that are into this sort of thing like if you're into like aquatic horror and that sort of stuff or just weird trippy movies just watch this yeah. episode you will absolutely... and even yeah like monster you know monsters and creatures and that sort of thing because mm. the octopus in this is awesome oh so um, cool but yeah episode seven a human face um, um is uh, these two um husband and wife is mourning the loss of their daughter and they basically get a visitor i mean an alien rock up <laughs> and and that takes the form of their daughter and kind of takes them on this emotional roller coaster basically of seeing their daughter but they clearly know it's not their daughter and then mm. kind of how they deal with that and it, it th this episode is probably my least favorite not quite my least favorite but one of my <laughs> least favorites um in the it just these two characters talked about the same thing for 60% of this episode mm. that it's not their daughter, but it looks like their daughter. So therefore it's emotionally tough for them. And I get that. <laughs> I get that as a concept. I did not need to be told that for 60% of this episode. And so when, when this, this episode is trying to give you emotional gut punches, it, it just ham fisted home. The fact that like, this is our daughter and it's really tough to see her. We know it's an alien, but isn't it tough to see her that this is my daughter? Mm. And literally that's, they just kept doing it. And, and it, it drove me insane. And yeah, by, by the end of it, I just, I just wanted it to end. I didn't care what the payoff was. And so mm. it, it, it frustrated me more than, than any other episode probably for that reason. And maybe, maybe I'm just a grumpy get and like, but, but it just, it was just too much of them talking and, and talking about the emotional turmoil they're in and having this, dumb discussion when like there's an alien in their house <laughs> like i don't care what it looks like they know what that it's an alien and they're not they need to get the hell out of there yeah. you know what i mean like they, they got to do something instead of just worrying about like uh, not getting sucked into the other side of it you know because to begin with they they weren't and yeah i yeah it frustrated me <laughs> you talk about it <laughs> yeah well, um my opinion may shock you um but uh no i thought this was the worst episode by far like not not even close i, I have this oh, if you love this i was about to hang up the call <laughs> um I genuinely like you said it was about 60 percent of the episode was them having that exact same conversation i think it's close to like 95 percent. it is the episode <laughs> yeah, it's oh my right. god this alien that we see as an alien at the start of the episode it's not mm -hmm. like oh it might be our doris might not no they see an alien who then yeah, they know it's not 
So there isn't any gray area in this episode. It's just here's an alien. And so and then like the dad's kind of reacting more to it. And then like the the mother was being ridiculously silly, I thought, and just kind of like again, I get what they're going for, um, but I don't think it worked in the slightest. Well, that's the problem because the whole point of like the payoff is at the end that they fully they're fully aware of who she is, but mm. they accept that because they're willing to accept it. But it just uh, to get them to that point, they have to take this giant leap initially at the start of the film. Yeah. Uh, started the, sh- the the episode yeah and so yeah i was frustrated by it this to me was the most season one ass episode mm. of the whole series of like has a ridiculously undercooked yeah. one sentence kind of set up for a story um right we're just gonna have these three actors talk to each other pretty much in one location for 50 minutes or whatever it was 45 minutes and then it just ends like oh yeah terrible terrible episode yeah. definitely the worst for me uh, so yeah, going into episode eight, I needed to pick me up. Um, yeah. and yeah, this was called a small town. Mm. Um, yeah. And basically it's, it follows a, a husband who's just lost his wife. Um, but he's not dwelling on how sad it is for the whole episode. Which is good. <laughs> um, he's pretty sad to begin with though. He's moping around in a church and he finds a small model town of Littleton, the town he's living in. And he mm-hmm. realizes that, Whatever he does to the small town, I I did get it. It was good. It was was soul. Whatever he does to the town, he he um, he decides to kind of clean a window because he thinks he can see himself in the church window. And when he sprays water on it, suddenly there's a giant downpour of rain. And that was kind of the initial. He's like, "Oh shit! Whatever I do to this small town happens in the real life town that I'm in." And yeah i really enjoyed that as a concept and an idea and kind of the fun part of the episode when he is doing little cool stuff and mm. he kind of paints a shop and then he the next day the shop's painted and i was like oh that's exciting what's he gonna do next <laughs> and then like he does a couple of other little cool things and then he messes with the mayor with a spider which was awesome yeah and like does like a couple of really cool things and like i was really in it um it just had such a disappointing finale um it, it just kind of they suddenly got to the point where they're like okay he's got to stop having fun and we've got to actually end this episode and yeah. i just didn't really want him to stop having fun and then the yeah. way they ended the episode just wasn't that satisfying but but still still it was super fun like i and i like the first two thirds of this i thoroughly enjoyed um yeah yeah i just wanted him to keep doing banter with the town just pulling up trees and doing yeah. stuff and flipping cars and dropping dropping rocks into town and just yeah all of that stuff was great it was just yeah by the end yeah the, the last few minutes were, were disappointing and, and ultimately i don't really get why they ended it that way yeah it is it, i agree with you that the ending wasn't super satisfying but i i love this episode mm. I, I thought mm. the concept was just just the right amount of silliness um that, that was perfectly rife oh, for and yeah like i actually really liked the main character i I really believed him in his will and like want to be a good person oh and, yeah definitely and um, i love the mayor that he was like yeah. the yin to yang you know oh yeah both those acting performances were f- absolutely fantastic and yeah overall like i this this to me was my favorite outside of the two i've already mentioned that i absolutely love this was right up there for me of like what a, what a great cool little concept some really fine acting some great special effects like what you've mentioned where the you know when he starts to do these small things with the town and kind of like the the massive repercussions that have of like oh i'm just gonna like drop a little stone and that becomes like an asteroid hitting the town like these it little was, things like that were awesome it was um, fantastic effects actually like really fantastic mm. for, for for a tv show you know i i really think so um 
That's yeah, the thing I'm blown away by about this season, I think, because yeah. there's so many episodes, like, visually. Yeah, the production, so the production value is so good. Like, yeah, this visually has so many different effects, you know, multiple, multiple effects, and all of them look good. Mm. So, yeah, I love this episode to me. Yeah. Like, again, like, this is one that, um, like you say, compare it to season one, million miles better than anything. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, one of the best in season two for me. Yeah, like, the more we talk about them, I'm, I'm already, like, where I'm at four or five at absolute bangers. Yeah, uh, completely. But, yeah, going on to episode nine, try, mm. try. This, again, was one that um, the episode started and, like, um, this, this kind of... Um, Got ourselves a time loop. Yeah, a, a woman on her way to a museum kind of um, gets inadvertently saved by this guy. She's now about to walk in front of a, a truck and um, starts chatting to him. And kind of, it's this real kind of awkward chat where everything she says, he kind of um, is finishing off. And anything that he likes is like this very niche thing that she absolutely loves. He'll be like, oh, everyone goes to the museum to look at this thing, but I go and look at the toilet sign because I've always found that interesting. And she's like, what? I've always found the toilet sign interesting. <laughs> Just like there's such obscure thing that no one else would think is interesting. Yeah, and, it's almost like conversation jousting where he has a perfect yeah. character to everything she says. Yeah, and it was fascinating because, because yeah, the first 10 or 15 minutes, you really don't understand why he is like the the absolute... It just seems like he's the perfect match for her. But mm. but but there still was something off about it because the conversation wasn't like perfect and it wasn't flowing. I was kind of like really fascinated by it because I felt mm. like he everything he kind of every punchline was perfect, but everything in the middle was just like not right. And like he'd go away and it was awkward and it was just done so well, I thought. And then kind of um I guess kind of peeling back it's kind of spoilery, I guess. But yeah, you've already kind of said it that we, we find out that yeah, he is in a time loop and he is kind of living this day to um you know, it is Groundhog Day and he has kind of decided that he wants to get her he's become obsessed with her and wants her affection. And so he mm. is kind of he has created this day to be the perfect Prince Charming and then we get to see her reaction to it. And I really enjoyed like her reaction it felt so much more genuine than what you see most of the time with these sorts of things yeah <laughs> like i really enjoyed it and and yeah i yeah the whole episode i just thought yeah it was was really stellar again and just really enjoyable yeah i, I really like this one a lot um i i think I, i'm completely there with you of as a concept for the twilight zone i think this is great because you've seen the time loop thing a lot and you've seen the, the very kind of like um meet cute romantic take on it yeah. and and i think that yeah this feels a lot more like no that it's uh, someone would be very seedy with it and there would be this undertone so i think having the time loop element but it not having this obvious happy payoff and it actually has a lot of seedy undertones i think makes it a very cool and interesting episode um i just think that again and and it's a shame we've said this a few times now but i think the finale just needed something more yeah. because I think once you get to has what the episode is about, has everything stripped bare, and has what this character is, it then just doesn't have anything to say. This is more interesting, I and I wanted was... there to be at least a couple more scenes yeah. at the end of this because once we had that confrontation between the two characters, it just felt like oh, and then it's ended, and and I felt a little bit disappointed at the end, even though I still liked yeah. it. I would have liked. I think when when you've got a time loop, you want the time loop to end one way or another. And it needed yeah. to just have some sort of payoff because I love the fact that, I, I mean, it's kind of going into full spoiler, but I love the fact that she was um, effectively saying like, 
you're a creep like you're you're tricking me into you're you're seducing me and and kind of using things that you shouldn't know to woo me and like get you know and 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 um win me over and just felt really like dirty by that whereas like most of the time in these things they you know the, the female character is just like blown away by it and everyone lives happily ever after so i love that and then i love the other side of it where he has this expectation at this point where he's like i've been obsessed with you for a year like i've been in love with you for a year and you you should be in love with me and i just want you to be in love with me like i don't want to earn it anymore mm. i i don't need to earn it anymore i've earned it so I loved that there was like these two parallels to it that you could completely see that he's become jaded with the love. And she's like, well, I'm not, I'm me. I'm me for the first time. Like you've got to respect that. And like, I really loved that, that parallel. And then kind of, yeah, it just didn't ultimately give you the full payoff, but it's still like it, this one really kept me thinking after it. I think this is one as well that they'll be very happy with because I think this is one of the few that does have a very strong message that they're trying to get mm. across. And I think that it's one of the few that actually it's 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 not just like has this overpower message. It actually has the message interwoven with the story really well. And I think yeah. that even though I think that's why the finale lacks it a bit because it wants to leave it of a point where it, it makes a clear distinction of like who's in the right and who's in the wrong. And so I think that's why the, the finale for me felt a little bit undercooked because they wanted to to leave the message strong um yeah. but i still think it was a good episode for sure and this is one where yeah. it's like yeah this is what season one every episode was trying to be this episode basically definitely and i definitely. think that i'm glad this episode exists even though the reason why i like season two is because they branched off in all these other different areas um but yeah it's still really interesting for sure and then the last one yeah so episode 10. <laughs> so episode 10 happened um <laughs> Yeah, it's called You You Might Also Like, and I believe mm. it's in connection with a prior Twilight Zone episode. It is, yeah. Yeah, which obviously I have no connection. affinity with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we basically find this, this um, woman wakes up in her house, and she's kind of like in this kind of like perfectly created house. Everything is bright white. She's dressed in all bright white, and she's like missing time. She's having like these blackouts. And <laughs> I don't even know where I go from there. Yeah, good luck. Um, I think it's yeah, best to not try and go into story too much with yeah, this one. I can't even go any further thinking about it because to me, this this episode just completely, I missed the mark with with it and they missed the mark because they didn't tell me a story that made any goddamn sense. But I just, I just didn't care. Like mm. I got 10 minutes in and there was like this egg thing going on. There was this weird alien abduction and like, it just lost me. I, I was done with the season by this point. I was like, do you know what? Episode nine was good. I'm going to think about episode nine. And I think I just spent most of episode 10 thinking about episode nine. And just um, the rest of the season in general. <laughs> and the rest of the season. And yeah, th this was my least favorite for that reason, because it, it ended on such a, uh, a, just a, just a rubbish note. And, and yeah, th this episode just did nothing for me and, and bored me more than any other episode did. Even the episodes that made me angry, I knew what, what was going on and was like, okay, well, I guess I'll see the end because there's always a chance that the payoff will be good. Mm. But like this episode just lost me completely. <laughs> 
Yeah, for me, I think there's only two bad episodes throughout the season, yeah. um, The yeah. Human Face and this one. And I think Definitely. the, um, yeah, it's just not good. I, I think it just tried way too hard and was very sloppily written. Mm. Kind of one of the elements in terms of like consumerism and kind of the way we're driven by that. Yeah. I think there, there could have been some interesting stuff there. Definitely. And I like how you have this person who's like living their life like they're in a TV commercial. And as I was watching it, I was thinking, is that going to be what this is? Is this like a sentient TV commercial come to life? You know, where this person doesn't realize mm. that they're just they're supposed to be forced to live this like fake happy life all the time and that ended up just being one small element of this rather big confusing story that um yeah it has like weird aliens in it and then obviously yeah reading about it now it has a connection to kind of this episode this very famous episode from the 60s apparently um that had yeah. this kind of like alien race taking over the world and i actually I actually read the synopsis for that episode and it sounds awesome <laughs> it sounds a hell of a lot better than this one mm. um so clearly he's like a fan of that and wanted to incorporate it with this other idea of consumerism and it almost yeah. felt like he just had too many there ideas too much. Much yeah, yeah there were too it's... many things because like the whole consumerism stuff i thought was was interesting mm. but by that point i was already gone like when they were talking about this egg and they're like why do you want it and they're like well because because you gotta have it why have you gotta have it because i've been told I and, it, have and it. like i really is... enjoyed that as a, as a concept well and that thing as well like i enjoyed that in the first five to ten minutes but then it became very much like a human face of like yeah. um why they kept discussing well it's not our daughter but it looks like her it was just this main woman going yeah. i don't know what this egg is but i want it and then mm. obviously that just ended up being about what the whole episode is and i kind of i get it more with this episode because i think he's trying to make you think that as the viewer good where you're going like oh, i just want to see what this egg is what is it all about yeah. and, and i did start to feel that way um so in that sense the egg too soon man the egg's ugly yeah yeah definitely um but yeah i think what's worth noting about is this one is i'm trying to look now i think this is the only one that was yeah it was the only episode that was written and directed by the same person yeah um, and it's by someone of note <laughs> yeah so osgood perkins we've covered a lot of his stuff um we've covered obviously gretel and hansel earlier this year um and the black coat's daughter many years ago and uh, i hate to say it but to me this is this perfectly sums up his career for me so far <laughs> of just like a pretty muddled i can see where he's going for there's clearly Clearly talent involved but overall just didn't work and just i think both but not there and just ju i think it's because there's so much passion for things yeah. that have gone before mm. that it's it's too it's not got the the kind of um the risk taken to create something mm. yourself it's too homage instead yeah. of just being what what you want to tell but yeah. yeah i think um moving on from that episode yeah mm. for me there were two episodes that i didn't like the, the same two as you and then yeah one or two that were good but just didn't quite hit the mark and then probably six that were real bangers for me yeah and it's and, and, and it does actually get to be difficult to pick out and so yeah i uh, throughout this whole discussion and actually revisiting these episodes again and thinking about them this season was really good like mm. it was a really good season and considering what they did from season one to season two like i'm buzzed for a season three and like um giving me the these random stories again there were so many things that screamed what i thought twilight zone should be mm. and also just what i want an anthology um tv show to be you know and so yeah it hit the mark on so many levels yeah i completely agree i think that for me going forward i think 10 is too much um and i yeah. think this this series showed it even more because of how good it was and the fact yeah. that you know it's easy to say all right well i guess two you didn't like so you didn't want to get rid of them and just say it's an eight episode season but i think it's more than that it's more just they need to the slim it down and i think even though i enjoyed um more than six i think six I think is a good number is, i think six is a good number i think black mirror showed that and i think mm. these anthology things you can just really because you, you get these 10 and 
they're all got concepts that you could see could be winners, but clearly as things start to get further down the line, some of them aren't as good as the others. There has, there has to be the case. Hmm. Some of these things, you know, I, I feel like, um, you know, a human face is one of those where as a concept, it sounds good. But then when they start to look at a 40 minute script, it has mm. to not look as strong. Yeah. And so, you know, you start to drop those and yeah, this season becomes, you know, this is a great season. It could become a really fantastic season if you just get the, you know, the six that I personally like, but no, <laughs> but, but like, you know, six super strong ones. It might be that one of those that I really like because, you know, some of our levels of enjoyment for these episodes do differ. So it is a gamble when you slim them down, but you, you've got to go for the ones that they personally feel the stronger and hopefully they'll align. Cause I yeah. think our top six would align. Yeah. What, what would you say? What would you say your top three is then? Could you pick three? I don't know. I think it would probably be, um, me in the middle, mm-hmm. the who of you. And then, don't it'd be between small town and try try for the fourth, right okay the third spot I yeah don't know which one it would be maybe a small town because i just love the effects and and just yeah. the fact that it was so quirky and out there but yeah they're, they're my favorite four yeah i would definitely I'll have the four. who i would have um the who of you definitely number one eight is my number two like I say i love that and then definitely a small town as well um like yeah i love those three but then even yeah among the among the untrodden and meet in the middle i thought were awesome as like a top five um and yeah like you say that's still different to a couple of yours as well because i didn't have uh, try try in my top five and i still really enjoyed that episode yeah exactly um, i think i think that's why it was such a there, there's a real solid six hmm for yeah. sure um but yeah as we come to our end of our discussion on the tv series we'd have a question actually from cody this week um of course you can always hit us up on twitter at shb uh, shb pod or if you want to send us a longer email it's super horror bros podcast at gmail.com um cody says uh, dear shb um what are your most memorable episodes of the original twilight zone um and what current issues of the last two decades of worldwide events do you think can make enthralling episodes of the twilight zone um obviously we discussed it earlier we've not seen too many of the original ones have you you've not seen any have you i ain't seen any man i'm sorry cody <laughs> um, I, i've i've seen I, one <laughs> I, I liked i liked the um the opening credits of the original show and like <laughs> <laughs> I, i've seen clips and stuff but yeah nothing it yeah i just it just missed them it, it, like we said before with season one uh, i guess if people haven't heard us talk about season one massively but like it just wasn't a thing like for us mm. it was like on our radar growing up so yeah we just never never saw it yeah uh, like last year with the excitement for it i was like oh i'm gonna check out the original i'm gonna start watching them and i and i started from the beginning and watched the first episode and i did really enjoy it and then just fell off and didn't feel the need to watch it um and i always want to go back to it but yeah the first episode episodes right there is yeah and it's like it's full you know it's full black and white it's very slow you are watching television from the 60s which is very different to film from the 60s um because it feels a lot older than the 60s um but uh yeah I, I still very much enjoyed that one episode that i watched and it is one of those things of like i guess watching it just from the start in order wouldn't be the way to go but if i looked up kind of like a general consensus of like here are the best 10 episodes i would definitely want to check them out um because even the one i looked up for this you know the one that's based upon episode 10 like it that is apparently considered one of the better episodes of the original series and it sounds really really cool mm. um but yeah piggybacking on uh, the second question he says what current issues of the last two decades uh, do you think would make enthralling in episodes um i think it's difficult right because what we've discussed a lot is that um especially with season two you know there are 
messages and issues that they brought mm. up here but i think just a lot of the original stories is the stuff that we really like and i think with yeah. especially my top three they don't really have any messages or, or, or issues of the last few years i think that my only thing that i think is rife for content in general and i don't know if it's the twilight zone or something else but i think that kind of the core of public opinion is something that has been fascinating over the last few years um where kind of not just like social justice in that sense but kind of like you know the fact that in in general popularity and especially with social media a accusation equals a guilty these days um and i think that yeah like the court of public opinion is the best way to describe that and yeah do not get too much into real life issues but i think something like what happened with johnny depp in the last few years is a fascinating yeah, game as well yeah yeah for sure and, and like well his stuff is interesting because i think that's more like cancel culture but i think with someone like johnny depp there was like um you know an accusation and it was like right let's cancel this guy let's not have him in the harry potter yeah. films and all that stuff and then obviously as it's gone to an actual court there's two sides to every story and obviously it's still ongoing so it's not getting to real life issues but i think a lot of people have probably feeling like they want to take back a lot of things they said about him and so yeah i think that to me is an episode for something like the twilight zone of just like you know not every accusation should equal ending someone's livelihood basically i think mm. that would be interesting take on something like that but again i don't know where you would go with that um that's for that's for the riots to the side <laughs> um yeah i think that's the problem i think when you look back at the big kind of events that have happened i just don't want there to be a big kind of episode that's so far into the message and mm -hmm. less into the story and so i yeah. don't necessarily get excited about any you know real life concept that they bring into it um yeah, it has I to think, be story and characters first which i think yeah, is what they've proven with the best episodes I, I, would I would enjoy an episode that was based around a real life event that we know has happened where there are twilight zone things happen within it mm -hmm. um so um like you know one of these kind of big um just just you know kind of the one i'm thinking of which i just don't even know whether you could do an episode on it right now but it'd be something like two towers or something like that mm. where you know 9 11 and kind of something twilight zoney happening throughout that and this event that we all know that like we all have a clear image of what happened that day like if you were if you were of a certain age then you know where you were that day like the mm. world changed that day and i and i like I'd be interested to see like a Twilight Zone around that. Someone, you know, something that, that Twilight Zone that happened in New York that day would be interesting. I just don't know if you could get away with 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 putting that on there with any sort of spin right now. But yeah, um, it's very difficult. It's, it's interesting. Stuff like the JFK assassination has become it's such a general. Yeah, yeah. It's been such a general part of pop culture now that people forget about what actually happened. And yeah, they, we've seen it a million times of like, oh, this happened to that day, and has an alternative take on it. And yeah, I wonder if we'll get to that in current events of like, you know, there's plenty of tragedies that have happened, um, especially with celebrities and stuff. And it would be interesting if they tried to take that sort of thing. Mm. Um, but I agree with you that like, it's a it's a bold choice to do that because you know, especially with today's world, that it doesn't matter how how well you pull it off, how kind of careful you treat it people are just going to come for you immediately um and, and that in itself like you say is very much an element of today's world that could be used within the twilight zone um mm. but uh yeah it's I, I love that there's so much rife with this series now and like you say it just all goes into i think they nailed I season two and i really want more of this I, I definitely want them to just have fun as well though and not worry mm. about this sort of agenda more than yeah. anything you know i want a monster of the week episode i want mm. just a fun episode you know and i want i want all these different things that more more than i want any um you know political social uh, you know agenda behind it 
Yeah, because they tried that with season mm-hmm. one, and that yeah. doesn't necessarily mean you can't do it. But I mean, listen, we, we we're sat here. We've watched twenty episodes now of both these series, and my God, as we've discussed time and time again, there is a huge leap in quality when mm-hmm. they have steered away from that sort of stuff. And so maybe they just don't have the kind of because it's very hard to pull off that stuff to do it to Definitely. do both, you know, to make an entertaining, fun TV show that people want to enjoy and also have that stuff in there. So uh, maybe they'll get there at some point. But yeah, um, yeah. it was. A, it was a great season though for sure um good times man but uh yeah that is our discussion of the twilight zone uh we will take a short break and we will be right back So yeah, just to sort of finish this off this week, and then we'll have a brief discussion on our sort of upcoming schedule. Um, but I did watch another TV show um, that I wanted to discuss, one that c- keeps continuing to pop up on this podcast, um, which is Into the Dark. <laughs> my 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 morbid curiosity with this show continues. Um, obviously, I've discussed it a little bit, kind of the Puka episodes, especially being the standouts. Um, and obviously I started season one and it just, you know, liked the Puka one, but then pretty much in general, a lot of those episodes just fell flat for me. And that was, <laughs> that was definitely a series that um, when we, we talk about with Twilight Zone, but my God, these episodes are way too long. Like some of them are over an hour and yeah, it's a joke. Um, but I think I discussed in the news a couple of months ago that their June episode, um, and they've already had the July episode as well, but their June episode was about, it was called Good Boy. I don't know if you remember me talking about this in the news. Um, mm. And it was about this woman who gets like an emotional support dog. Um, and basically this dog just takes care of all of her problems for her and may or may not be murdering people behind her back. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, that, that, that immediately drew me in. And I was like, this sounds awesome and fun and silly. And when it came out, it was 90 minutes long. Jesus wept. Yeah. And for these, for these episodes that I think are usually about 50 that, that should be 20, I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe they've done this. And so that's why I hadn't watched it for like a month. And I kind of, as I'd finished Twilight Zone and starting to run out of things to watch, I was like, I'm going to give this a go. And I am so happy that I did. Um, in in terms of, very, it's weird that I'm t- discussing this this week after talking about Twilight Zone, but this is like ten times better than anything else they've done in Into the Dark by an absolute mile. Um, I think straight away this feels like a movie, um, and should well, have been released. Puka, man? <laughs> well, the thing is, P- Puka to me is like this fun, silly concept that works in a TV show, um, and works in an anthology. This is just a great film, I think. Um. For immediately the things that stand out are the acting is exceptional um judy greer who, who's like the lead in it who was you know in halloween i guess for genre fans um but is in loads of stuff was absolutely brilliant in it and just the overall supporting cast was excellent and also the, the level of direction and look of this again like super cinematic really should have been seen on the big screen i think and i think <laughs> i discussed it again in the news of um it's directed by the director of uh, tragedy girls who nice. um obviously we did that um for the show and really enjoyed it and that was like three years ago at this point Mm. Um, and obviously hasn't done a follow-up to a movie um but did this show that was obviously like bloomhouse production into the dark and i think into the dark is a really weird one in terms of they've continued to do it and i think reading a little bit about it um 
obviously we watched that um atrocious uh black christmas remake um was that was only last year wasn't it and um apparently the story behind that was that that was initially just an into the dark like original story and then they kind of they got the license and kind of reprogrammed it and shoved it into that and that obviously makes a lot of sense and why that movie ended up being a complete mess um but this to me is one of those ones where i wonder if they do just have a certain amount of scripts and then they decide you know what is going to be like you know what is going to be like the hunt that makes cinemas and and then what is just going to be something like this because this to me is like a really original concept i think it has a really fun trailer because the dog is this tiny little cute unassuming dog that is doing these really messed up things and yeah i I don't know to me i think this is a misfire in terms of this shouldn't be hidden in this small little anthology um because it's one of the favorite things i've seen this year um i I would it's it's mad really because Mm. they've kind of got like these three different avenues at this point because yeah. they've got like their their big flagship ones that they promote one at a time yeah, like the they've got like they've got like the blumhouse tilt is it called like the the, yeah, the, the, the kind ones, of yeah. yeah the smaller ones and then they've got this as well and it's mm-hmm. just like they have so much content that they're putting out there and yeah this just doesn't it doesn't really make sense this whole um show to me no, because yeah. as someone that's a completionist i want to watch them all or none so i've made the choice of none but like this super interests me and i'm like just just put put out the film man like yeah. you know yeah it's it's frustrating yeah as, as someone who's seen like six or seven of these now kind of a lot of them are just very generic boring like oh, okay i can see why this was probably like a rejected feature length film mm. um and then obviously the puka stuff was like this really fun interesting take and it's very silly and it was fun on tv and i, I do enjoy those two episodes but it definitely wasn't like oh this needs to be like the brand new big screen horror icon it was just this fun little take on it whereas this is the first one that i would unequivocally um recommend to everyone to check out um because mm. yeah i just think it's awesome it's it, like I say, it's 90 minutes and it should be 90 minutes because it's not just about this killer doll. There are actual three-dimensional characters. There's like a lot going on in the story. There's all these different elements that he's trying to tick off. And I, I think he really nailed it. And I think, yeah, the I don't I don't think he actually wrote this as well, but like this is a guy who obviously made like a smaller indie movie that we really appreciated um, and it. really enjoyed. Yeah, it was awesome. And we always try and look up these guys, don't we? Like, oh, I wonder what they're up to. And this is a guy that's like, I'm super glad I checked this out because it was his involvement and the core premise and yeah this is this is going to go under a lot of horror fans radar i think this year because yeah it's chucked in this anthology with a lot of bad stuff um but this is awesome i i think i really want you to to watch it so we can talk about it more because uh it's really it's just a lot of fun man like i had a smile on my face throughout it um and yeah as as we've obviously been deprived of like new horror film releases lately this really ticked a lot of boxes for me it was just super enjoyable yeah um, i'm tempted man i'm tempted yeah you should definitely check it out yeah but this came out of nowhere like i was not expecting like say the fact that it was 90 minutes i was like wow they're making them longer when they should be shorter but this <laughs> this should have been a film to me I, I i really that is my only takeaway that is disappointing is that yeah this should have been a film for sure mm. um but yeah i don't know if you've seen anything lately um i did get around to watching my new arrow release i think right. um i think we spoke about it last week maybe that i got creep show 2 oh yeah um which is a new old arrow release it's a re-release of of they've, they've already had it out there and this is kind of repackaging and oh, I, don't know whether, I didn't know that yeah i don't know whether before it had the comic um huh. so yeah this special edition comes with a comic which is a fourth so the so creep show 2 is a three uh segment anthology movie right um and the comic book is a fourth segment that uh, that was never made, but was kind of like all storyboarded and everything. 
Um, for the record, I really like the idea of the fourth episode. It's fantastic. It was a great comic, and I probably enjoyed it more than any of the other segments. Um, and so, yeah, it's a shame that that one didn't get made. I think it could have been super fun. Mm. Um, I, yeah. Maybe the TV show might pick it up. Creep show, um, the, the, the first movie I kind of remember quite well. And then the second one, I, I, I've definitely seen it. And each ep- each segment became like familiar to me, but I had no real memory of it. And it's a weird one really, because it's super charming. The wraparound is fantastic. It's kind of this little boy with his comic that's sometimes live action, sometimes animated. And it's really charming. And all three segments are too long and not interesting enough um where each each segment is half an hour long and each one of them is is okay but just has way too much the first one i i I was i I couldn't believe that nothing had kicked off it was like 20 minutes in and like i knew what was going to happen and it just still hadn't happened yet and i was like jesus christ like what is going on and like yeah so pacing is a real issue this should have been a five segment anthology where the three segments we got were slimmed down by a third at least. We got the fourth one in that was the comic, and then a fifth, you know, that he plucked out of his ass. King King could write a fifth; it's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, there was like four thousand short exactly, stories that they exactly. From. So yeah, I just um, I can see why after Creep Show one, that Creep Show two kind of ended the the, the film side of it. Um, that's right, isn't it? I feel like I feel like I assume right. so. Yeah, yeah. Especially kind of Romero one. and King. Anyway, um, mm. Romero definitely didn't do a third one. Um, but yeah, and and so yeah, I it, it was it was fun, and like I still enjoyed the segments, but but not nearly as much as what they could have been. And like I could see the charm, and like the the kind of the way that this could have been a real really good franchise really fun movie franchise to keep going and in the end yeah it's a shame but yeah the 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 arrow presentation was fantastic this is one of the best releases they've had in a long while Mm, um it looks super nice yeah it was a really nice package really great features um uh, I was trying to think what we got on in now. There's, there's, there's loads. Is there of interviews back. with like um, King and Romero? Yeah, there, there's interviews with Romero. There's interview with Tom Savini. Nice. Um, uh, there isn't any King stuff, I don't think. Um, but yeah, there's some, there's some really good um, features, and then, and then, yeah, really good collector's book, and then just yeah, fantastic. The the, the comic is amazing. Mm. Um, so yeah, yeah, just a great Arrow presentation yeah i've I've never seen creep show 2 um but yeah the fact that you say there's only three segments is very odd to me because mm. i can't think of too many as well. yeah, i can't think of too many anthology movies that only have three segments i always think of five as like the bare minimum mm. um so that yeah. is odd and it makes sense to the fact that you say they do feel a bit too long because it sounds oh, like they would be. The, fir- the first one's insanity <laughs> um but yeah i did that was one that i did want to check out obviously especially mm. with like the creep show hype at the minute um but uh, yeah, I, I, I probably will check it out. But it definitely sounds more like um, I, I should probably check out the entire, um, you know, package as it were. Because I think that sounds probably mm. as enjoyable as just watching the film. I guess I, on its I, own. I definitely think so because yeah, I the fourth the fourth segment, the comic book um, that you get, um, honest honestly was just banging. Like I really love the comic book. I really love the story, and I wish that that had been put on the 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 film and that actually yeah. was made. Um, but yeah, it was it was good. It was a good time, and I think um, I'm going to definitely be checking out uh, Cat's recommendation of Ghostbusters commentary for next week. 
Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so it's always good to have a nice little um, recommend on the commentary. Um, but yeah, what was she just saying? Like, I recommended the original one. Was it on the Ghostbusters? Yeah, the first Ghostbusters movie. And I looked at my because I don't have the Ghostbusters on Blu-ray because there just wow. isn't a nice Blu-ray. They're, they're <laughs> just they're just like cheap. Um, yeah, you know, Ghostbusters one and two on a Blu-ray for, yeah. for like next to nothing. But the, yeah, there's a hidden director's commentary on them. There is actually features, and I just looked at my double pack dvd that i've got and that has the, it just says filmmaker commentary so i assume that that is the commentary <laughs> and it's just it's just there it just says filmmaker commentary and i'm like well, what does filmmaker commentary mean like the fact that it's got presumably i know that harold ramus is on it and if it's got dan Aykroyd as well like that's that's big you know that's yeah. bigger than um you know you, you're clearly never going to get bill murray to talk about the movie but like yeah <laughs> to get the other guys is fantastic and yeah that really surprises me that there isn't like they didn't do like a, this anniversary and then this anniversary like ghostbusters for me feels like a franchise that has been milked I know, for all I, Earth, think be how is there not more releases yeah. it's just, it's just <laughs> what i saw every blu-ray there's like a steel book and stuff but none of mm-hmm. them look feature heavy and none of them look fantastic yeah um so yeah it, it's a shame i think because there's, there's like a 4k one and stuff but none of them none of them kind of yeah uh, seem special yeah um but yeah yeah the actual um the, the the director's commentary does sound interesting yeah i was gonna say you should definitely check that one out um but uh yeah that's pretty much it for this week um we are back with new horror films from next week um, yeah, as we discussed earlier on um obviously cinemas that's a no-go <laughs> um and we'll keep you posted on that one and hopefully we'll have some fright fest news to talk about next week or the week after oh my um, God, I need it. yeah now now more than ever like i desperately want that to happen um, we're gonna have but- to talk about our fright fest schedule though we might have to like eke out those episodes bro yeah <laughs> yeah definitely if, if we see 10 movies for fright fest we can't we, that's 10 episodes of content obviously. yeah that's us for the rest of the year <laughs> um but uh no like pretty much shudder is going to keep us invested for the next few weeks um Correct. because they have been releasing some really interesting looking stuff in july and going into august um there is like three or four movies that some of you guys may have already checked out on the streaming platform of course on shudder um mm-hmm. but i think lake of death is the one to me that really stands out and sounded really cool and interesting um so yeah yeah, that's probably going to be the next one that we cover. But there's also the Beach House that I saw a lot of people tweeting about that seemed pretty cool. Um, and yeah, there's more coming in August as well. Um, and of course, yeah, there's like In Search of Darkness pretty soon as well, which obviously we talked about, but there's still awesome. a month, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's cool that at least Shudder is going to keep us interested. But yeah, New Horror will return next week, even though it's not like the big theatrical releases, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was episode 205. Thanks for listening as always. And we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone. Shut up, I can't Mainly because I never could How could 